Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Behind-the-scenes experience in Washington and around the world. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Inside Sources. I am Boyd Matheson, the opinion editor at the Deseret News. Great to be with you on a Monday. Great to be back in studio. Gustavo's behind the board. He's got everything under control. There is balance in the world. And uh, it's great to be back here in Salt Lake City uh, after extended travel. Uh, went to the South Pacific, was in Washington, D.C. for a couple of days, and then actually got a little bit of uh, relaxation over the weekend with my new granddaughter in Dallas, Texas. So uh, it's been a little bit of a whirlwind, uh, but it's always great to be back uh, behind the microphone with all of you on a Monday. Hope your week is off uh, to a great one. And a uh, lot to, uh, to cover, as always, in our fastest 30 minutes of radio. And uh, a lot coming this week. Uh, obviously, we've got the president overseas. Uh, we've had all of the pageantry uh, this morning with uh, the president meeting uh, with the queen and uh, with Prince Charles. And uh, then, then the fun work will begin when they actually start talking about uh, trade, talking about what happens uh, with the European Union, what happens post-Brexit. Uh, and a host of other challenges that are going on there. Uh, and President Trump, of course, uh, picked a little fight with the mayor uh, of London uh, on his way in, uh, just for good measure. So you do have uh, people outside of the palace gates uh, doing, uh, oh, there's a little politicking on both sides. There's a, a lot of anti-Trump rhetoric out there. Uh, there's a little bit of pro-Trump rhetoric in there. And uh, so it'll be interesting to see how that continues to play out. We'll watch that uh, on the national scene. But one of the things that we really want to, follow this week is uh, on Thursday this week, we will have the 75th anniversary of D-Day. Uh, and to me, that's such a uh, an important uh, milestone. Uh, as you know, for uh, the last number of years, they've really just been doing significant celebrations uh, there for D-Day uh, every five years. So the, the last round was uh, with President Obama. Uh, but this this year is going to be very interesting. Obviously, with President Trump being there, that will be an interesting dynamic uh, but I think one of the things that we all should be thinking about is as they do these every five years, uh, this well could be one of the last, if not the last, uh, where you actually have uh, those who fought uh, there on D-Day uh, as part of the celebration. They're they're dying at a very f- high rate. Uh, they're all getting up into their upper 90s now. Uh, so you have a few of those that uh, are living into their hundreds uh, but a lot of them uh, are gone. And so then what happens? I think that's a, a very important question for all of us as it relates to D-Day. Will we remember 
what they fought for? Will we remember uh, what the cause was? Will we remember uh, the things that uh, were so critical at that moment in history? It, it really was a, a tap on the shoulder moment uh, where people really did have to, uh, to step up and uh, really answer the call. And the country came together. The world came together. And, and where are we now? And what does that all mean? How are we teaching the, the rising generation? Even millennials, I think, are, are struggling to figure out what does that all mean? Uh, what does that kind of uh, pride in country and uh, that kind of national fervor uh, that we had to, to really summon in order to compete against uh, Hitler uh, and the, uh, the Nazi forces? Yeah, and uh, so to me, that there's some really interesting questions coming. So we're going to follow this all week this week, and uh, we'll invite you to uh, to send in some thoughts uh, on D-Day. Again, 75th anniversary, likely to be one of the last where we actually have those who uh, who fought there uh, being able to be part of of the celebration and and the ceremonies. So uh, weigh in this week five seven five zero zero. You can always send us a text as long as it's safe, safety first. Uh, but give us your thoughts. As we roll into this very important uh, celebration, this pivot point in history, for sure, and uh, and the brave men and women who uh, who fought and uh, ensured that that freedom would continue to move forward. So we're going to watch that as we go through the week. This week, uh, another interesting anniversary. This week, it's actually the seventieth uh, anniversary. This week of uh, Orwell's nineteen eighty four, uh, and I find that very fascinating. Uh, there are so many of the things that uh, that appeared in that book that some say would be prophetic. Uh, some say we've missed the the meaning altogether and what Orwell was trying to do. Uh, I think one of the things that we've really whiffed on is uh, we've created the term Orwellian. Uh, but what I have found is that people only use the term Orwellian when talking about those that they hate on the other side of the political spectrum. And to me, that's a that's a complete miss in terms of what the book was about uh, and what we should all have a cautionary tale uh, in terms of what it means uh, to each of us and in our individual uh, rights, our individual liberty, our freedom of speech, uh, because it's it's less in my view, it's less about uh, the big government control of everything as much as it is what we are willing to abdicate in terms of our language, uh, the fact that we can become so desensitized to uh, to meaning. Uh, we can dehumanize our opponents. To me, that's the Orwellian component, uh, is when we absolutely have contempt, uh, when we are demeaning, uh, and it really allows us to do a host of other things that we normally would not do. Uh, and so we're going to watch that this week as well, because I think it's an interesting juxtaposition to have the 75th anniversary uh, of D-Day and the 70th anniversary of of 1984, uh, which is, again, just very, very interesting. We also have some things on the horizon that we want to follow this week. Uh, the Supreme Court is going to decide several major cases, a couple of religious liberty cases, one uh, involving uh, the, the use of the cross um, that uh, will be, if they don't get them done this week, my guess is it will be early next week, probably Monday or Tuesday of next week. Uh, we'll see a lot of those things come out uh uh, I know we were following that close at the Deseret News to see what those decisions look like uh, as the term wraps up. Uh, and they'll uh, go off into the summer and uh, 
Judge uh, Clarence Thomas will get into his uh, RV and head out somewhere across the country to an undisclosed location. That's kind of his thing every summer is to get in the Winnebago and, and head out. That may, may not be a bad idea for all politicians. Maybe if we could evacuate Washington uh, for three months, we could see uh, if we could actually drain the swamp and uh, and pivot just a little bit there. All right, a couple of things that we're uh, watching in our second segment today. We are going to do a breakdown of what's happening on the 2020 front Uh, Things are really heating up for the Democratic uh, race there. You've got 23 in the race. Uh, How long they can all stay in there, what that means. Uh, Big uh, Democratic uh, meetings in California over the weekend. Who showed, who didn't, and who said what? Uh, We'll break all that down uh, as we continue on today as well. Uh, So, again, I want to invite everyone, uh, not just today, but throughout this week, uh, as you have thoughts, if you have memories, if, if you have family members who who served and fought uh, on D-Day, give us a a quick note just uh, on our text line, 57500, again, 57500, uh, and just weigh in. We'll collect those as we go through the week and and share some of the more poignant uh, thoughts and ideas uh, as we commemorate this 75th anniversary of of D-Day. All right, a couple other things to uh, keep uh, on your mind as we uh, roll into another week. Uh, here we are into summer. School is out, and uh, it's time for all of us to step back a little bit, I think, and find a good book. Uh, we started that actually before I, I left town. We started talking about what's a uh, the good read. I started reading George Will's new book, uh, which we'll actually have George on. I think on June 11th. I think we'll have uh, George Will joining us uh, for a segment to talk about his new book. Uh, first book he's written in in quite some time and uh, very interesting. He's been a uh, very harsh critic of President Trump, and yet in his book, President Trump is only mentioned one time. Uh, so it is a book about principles. It's a book about uh, what's happening in our society, uh, and he has some really fascinating things uh, to look at. In fact, he actually posted today a uh, an article he did on D-Day uh, from a few years ago that's uh, very compelling a uh, great read uh, with George Will, as always. You can see that on DeseretNews.com, uh, as always. All right, we're going to do this. We're going to step aside. Uh, we'll take a quick break here. When we come back, we'll start breaking down what does it all mean for 2020. Coming at you on KSL News Radio. I am Boyd Matheson, the opinion editor at the Deseret News. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. Welcome back, everyone, to Inside Sources. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Thanks for being with us on a Monday as we march towards the top of the hour. Uh, a lot of ground to cover in this second segment. Uh, as I mentioned before the break, uh, 2020 is in full swing. Uh, you had a very uh, heated and animated event down in uh, California over the weekend. Uh, as they got together for their uh, the Democratic convention, their state convention there in California. And uh, obviously a lot of the uh, ire was focused at the president and defeating the president in 2020. But, uh, of course, there are 23 candidates in this race, and so they're all trying to differentiate themselves. And uh, that's proving to be a much more difficult task than I think any of them bargained for and uh, and so there's some some really interesting things going on there. Uh, all of the the polls, both state and national polls, continue to point to Joe Biden having a clear uh, and sizable lead against the rest of the field. Uh, but of course, it's it's very early, and it's important to recognize that the national polls don't need nearly as mean nearly as much. 
they do help for fundraising. They do help to consolidate strength and to get your apparatus up and running, your ground game going. Those things are all very, very important. Uh, but the the poll number themselves are less important. Uh, so with uh, former Vice President Joe Biden with a significant lead, uh, of course, the uh, other challengers in the race are now starting to uh, train their fire on to Mr. Biden. Uh, so Bernie Sanders said uh, there's a, a debate among presidential candidates who have spoken to you here in this room and those who have chosen for whatever reason not to be in this room about the best way forward. Uh, and so clearly a, a poke there that Joe Biden chose not to go to California this weekend. And uh, so, of course, Bernie wanted to take a shot at that. And uh, he believes that we we have to do something different. We cannot go back to the old ways, Bernie Sanders said. We've got to go forward with a new and progressive agenda. So he's also calling out uh, Joe Biden as being a little more to the center, uh, which, again, in a Democratic primary is the right political move, the political communication strategy. Uh, But again, how well that will play with independence and how well that will play into the fall is a big question. Uh, Elizabeth Warren also jumped on the attack Joe bandwagon. Uh, she said, some Democrats in Washington believe the only changes we can get are tweaks and nudges. If they dream at all, they dream small. Uh, Elizabeth Warren continued, some say if we'd all just calm down, the Republicans will come to their senses. Uh, but our country is in a time of crisis. The time for small ideas is over. So, again, taking a uh, a bit of a shot there at former Vice President Joe Biden. And I think that's going to be preview of coming attractions. There are two debates coming up on the Democratic side uh, over the next uh, five weeks, I think, five or six weeks. Uh, they'll be mostly here in June and July. Uh, then they're going to reset the rules for debates in the fall. So, currently, they have 20 spots available on the stage, 10 uh, for each night. So, the debates will go over two nights. Uh, 10 people on the stage per night so that everyone gets a little bit of time to actually say something beyond their name, rank, and serial number. And uh, hopefully that will foster some real debate as opposed to just the uh, 20-second soundbite uh, fiasco that the Republicans had in 2016. Uh, And so that's going to be something we have to continue to watch. Uh, Again, more and more uh, of the Democratic candidates trying to differentiate themselves are going to differentiate themselves based on the front runner. Is that the right strategy? Is that the right thing to do? Uh, I think there are two major problems for a lot of the Democratic candidates. One, if they are just running against Joe Biden, that is a losing strategy. And if they augment that by just running against President Trump, that is also a losing strategy. You you do not win by what you are against. You win by really articulating and creating a vision around what you are for. And so it's going to be really fascinating to watch in the in the coming weeks in particular uh, what these Democratic candidates do. Most are mired in very small single digits. Most are somewhere between 2% and 8% uh, in the polling. And so can they differentiate in a way that is inspiring? Can they catch lightning in a bottle? Will they have a uh, social media moment that uh, thrusts them to the top of the scale? Will somebody stumble? Will Joe Biden stumble? Uh, he's been known to a, have a few gaffes out there, so there may be some that are, are counting on that as their path forward. Uh, and I think we have to, to watch that uh, because, again, he, he is known for that. 
I do think there's one other thing that's important to to keep in mind. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of people wringing their hands in Washington about how this Democratic primary is going to roll out and who the nominee is. But I I also think it's important to recognize that with social media today, you do not have to have a mega organization to stay in the race. Now, to, to actually win it, to stay competitive, yes, you've got to have infrastructure, you've got to have a real strategy and discipline, and you have to have money to actually execute. And, and so the but the test is that a lot of these candidates think they can hang around, again, either hoping to capture lightning in a bottle with some social media moment, or they hope someone else stumbles and that they can then grab their share and start to consolidate and and work their way up the food chain. And so those are all things to watch. A lot of those things are uh, right in the uh, communication wheelhouse. And so the the communication strategists are going to earn their stripes in this race. And it will be interesting to see who gets on a positive message, who has a vision for the country, who can go beyond just attacking the president or attacking Joe Biden as the front run runner? Uh, I think those are all good questions and, and good tests uh, for uh, Democrats to keep in mind as uh, we roll through the dog days uh, of summer here from a, a political standpoint. Uh, some of you are already weighing in on our uh, question for the week, and that is any memories you have of uh, D-Day, thoughts you have as we have the 75th anniversary, again, likely the the last celebration we'll have with all of uh, those who actually fought there, with them actually being able to participate uh, and join in. So, again, you can send that to us on our text line, 57500, again, 57500. All right, I want to uh, take just a couple minutes here as we march towards 1 o'clock to talk about what's going on in Washington this week. The president's obviously overseas. Uh, Congress is back in session today. And Utah's two senators are going to have a very busy week. I just wanted to give you a little heads up. We'll cover uh, both of these events uh, tomorrow. Uh, First, you've got uh, Senator Mitt Romney will be be giving his maiden speech on the floor of the United States Senate tomorrow morning. It'll be 11 o'clock Eastern, uh, 9 o'clock here uh, in Salt Lake City. And uh, so this is always an interesting thing to watch. Uh, Many uh, people in their maiden speeches kind of lay out their vision for what their role is as a member of the United States Senate. Uh, what do they think should happen? What what do they think they should do? Uh, I think uh, Senator Romney uh, may may really go substance. Uh, there are many things that he is passionate about, uh, things that he has been working on behind the scenes, not uh, not public facing, uh, that I think he may share tomorrow. And uh, so stay tuned. Uh, we'll cover that here on KSL News Radio and DeseretNews.com as uh, Mitt Romney gives his maiden speech on the floor of the United States Senate. Uh, he waited an interesting length of time, about six months from uh, being sworn in. Uh, you had, uh, you've had some members who just jump right in the fray and go. Uh, you have some like Senator Ben Sass who waited uh, an entire year before uh, he gave uh, his maiden speech, which was a blistering speech uh, at both sides both Democrats and Republicans, in terms of what the Senate had become and their job to get it right and to fix it. So uh, all eyes and ears will be uh, turned towards the United States Senate tomorrow. Again, as Utah's junior Senator Mitt Romney takes to the floor for his maiden speech uh, as a United States senator. And uh, again, I I think it's going to be one of substance. It'll be definitely one uh, that we'll be talking about tomorrow uh, here on this show. Uh, Also tomorrow in Washington, D.C., Utah's senior senator, Mike Lee, uh, is part of a really interesting week in Washington. Uh, It's a week that is uh, 
focused on affordable housing. And we've had conversations about that here in the state of Utah. We know that's a a significant issue uh, here in our state and around the country. And uh, so Senator Lee is going to host an affordable housing panel uh, featuring two uh, Utah businesses. Uh, So Chris, uh, uh, Chris Graham, sorry, Chris, I just slaughtered your name. I owe you lunch. (laughs) Cam Vrallis, who's president of Ivory Development, will be on that panel, along with Dustin Haggart, founding partner of Model Living. Uh, And so they're going to be there with the Department of Housing and uh, this uh, innovative housing showcase. That will be tomorrow. It will be at uh, 2.45 to 3.15 Eastern time, so uh, 12.45 right in the middle of the show here. And uh, we'll cover that, and we'll have some follow-up conversations uh, with Senator Lee on what that means. It's becoming such a real issue uh, here in Utah, more so, I think, than we ever anticipated, that uh, the cost of housing would skyrocket so significantly. So very important uh, week in Washington uh, for members of the Utah delegation. Again, Mitt Romney giving his maiden speech on the floor of the Senate, and Senator Lee uh, leading an an innovative housing showcase uh, with some Utah businesses there uh, in Washington, D.C. So those are things we're going to keep our eye on. Uh, and again, we'll be following uh, the D-Day celebration uh, for this entire week and uh, share your thoughts and ideas with us, uh, what you think it means to us today and what is it going to mean to the country moving forward? Uh, can we can we keep things in the proper perspective? Uh, as we know, freedom is always just one generation from being extinguished. A lot of ground to cover there. All right, that's going to wrap it up for us on a Monday. Hope you're having a fantastic day. We'll be back tomorrow. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Stay with us here on KSL News Radio and DeseretNews.com. And as always, as you go out in the world today, see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something that makes a difference. We'll catch you tomorrow.